Welcome to the Curator Salon podcast. I'm your host, Geeta Joshi, and today my guest is author Susie Pearl. I'm a big fan of Susie's first book, Instructions for Happiness and Success, and the accompanying audios, and I returned to them recently. So I was delighted when I saw that Susie had a new book coming out this August called The Art of Creativity, and even more delighted that Susie has agreed to be on the podcast. Susie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited about it coming out. It's felt a long time and finally we're here. Yeah, well done. I mean, I loved Instructions for Happiness and Success. It was a book I really spent a lot of time with. And recently I was feeling like I just needed a little something, a little, you know, it wasn't, you know, the answer wasn't in the fridge, it was on the bookshelf and uh, kind of got back into um you know, back into it really and, and flow yeah. with it and stuff. It was, it's been a really good book. Um, so it was it's, really... It's, it's, it's a great book and it actually it was ahead of its time. I mean, I wrote it about eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, and it's a lot about frequency and attraction and vibration and how you manage all of those things. And I think now the topic is quite mainstream. We all talk about frequencies and and states and so on back then it was kind of new and uh, I feel like I, I reread it again myself the other day and I thought yeah it's it's more of the time of now than actually when I wrote it so it's quite ahead of its head of the curve I think yeah I think I agree with that actually because for me it was it just had a really nice accessible way into talking about manifesting and raising your frequency and vibrations and choosing better thoughts um, which, yeah, you're, I think you're quite right. You know, it's much more talked about now. And I don't know, maybe we're all more online now so we can find these things much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can you talk about your background, both as an author, but I know you've sort of worked in different industries as well. Yeah, I've had a very uh, colourful and varied trip through my career. I was working at MTV with big music artists for years, like... The Spice Girls and Madonna and you know Lenny Kravitz all sorts of people I was working with and looking after them and doing their press and talking about you know their stories and so on uh, and that was really fun I was traveling a lot and then I started my own PR agency which was a celebrity PR agency it's still going actually um, and then I started working with Paul McKenna, who's a hypnotist, and worked with Richard Bandler and Paul, um, running their personal transformation company, which is all about teaching neuro-linguistic programming. Richard actually created it. He's the creator of NLP. So that was a very interesting thing, and it got me into mind tech and understanding the power of the mind and how we think and how we feel and how we use language, really, for really effective communication so that got me very interested as soon as I started working with them I my antennae shot up and I thought this is my thing you know I found my thing um so I, I wrote a book then Paul went off to live in LA and I wrote a book which was instructions which I was I got a deal for straight away and uh, I knew that was great and I knew that was the start of my career as a writer I then pitched a book out on uh, creativity because I, I felt that was a really interesting concept and idea. And then I, I fell ill. I got out of the blue. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And they said, honey, you've got six weeks. To, you have six weeks to live. I was like, oh. But um, I checked in with myself and I knew that that wasn't going to be my story. 
you know, I've written a book on reality creation and I decided I was in charge of my reality. And I knew that it was not my time to go and I knew that I would make it through. So against all the predictions, doctors said, you know, you've got really little or no chance, so get prepared. And I said, I, I, that's not, I, I don't feel that. Uh, my family, of course, were like, oh my goodness, you know, um, no one believed my optimism. And no one, you know, I've always been incredibly positive and very optimistic, but this time people were unsure or, or more than that, they were pretty sure I wouldn't make it. So that was the challenge and I was in hospital and I started the book then and I found I became, with this illness and recovering from the illness, I found all my fear dropped away, all my anxieties dropped away and I had a, like a download of a different operating system, it felt like, and I suddenly became incredibly creative. And the book is a different book than the one I originally intended to write. That is such a phenomenal story about your you know, with a brain tumour and getting through it. Can we just talk a little bit more about that? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, was it, what was that like that? I know you, you were into TM meditation and then was it visualising? It was obviously you mm -hmm. knew you weren't going to leave this earth without having birthed this book. Mm. Yeah, I knew I had to, I mean, I've got, a, I'm a mum as well. I've got a son and I thought, I, you know, I just don't want to leave right now. It's not my time. I knew it's not my time. And also, as I was going into the MRI scanner, I had the biggest inner sense and this very strong intuitive voice said to me that I've got three brain scans. One's going to be terrible news. The second one, it's going to be much improved. And the third one, I will have a clean bill of health. And actually, that's exactly what happened, weirdly. <laughs> so... um you know, I, I had a, a positive mindset that I could recover. I've also done a lot of work in mind technology with um, the work I did with hypnosis and uh, theta healing. I, I, I went heavily into theta healing. I went heavily into Reiki, um, used CBD oil, positive visualization, prayer, meditation, and uh, nutrition. You know, I really upped my nutrition, made sure I was eating organic, healthy, very fresh. Um, I was never a smoker or a drinker um, or, you know, all that sort of thing. Even though I live in Ibiza most of the time, I was very healthy, yoga, meditation every day. So I was, I would not have been on your list to say, oh, she might get really ill. Quite the reverse, I felt very well. But I had had a very stressful career. You know, I was looking after very famous people for many years, flying around the world, running a business, running a PR agency, which is never easy because when you run a PR agency, people always want less press not to be on the front cover or they want a lot more press than they're getting. So you kind of can't win on that job. But anyway, um, I had a st very stressful life running around the world. Very fun. Um, most people won't believe some of the things that, that I did. But um that you know took its toll on my on my brain and uh it caused you know it caused it was almost i felt like it was like a few my fuse box uh burnt out you know i'd used my head so much and had years and years of intense work with little relaxation in those days i didn't really know how to you know when i was working for mtv and doing the agency i wasn't a meditator then Subsequently, I found meditation, which has allowed my brain to relax and rest. And I realized the importance of that. I think one of the things with the lockdown and quarantine is that people are learning 
how to, for the first time, balance life and realize that we have been living very stressful lives that are really not sustainable on an environmental, a physical or a psychic level. We have to calm it down, slow it down, spend more time in balance, not working so crazy and look after ourselves a bit more. Incredible. Thank you for sharing. And what I found when I got uh, when I got when I got ill, I was in the hospital. I had chemotherapy. I had stem cell replacement therapy, and so on. I wasn't keen on any of that. I mean, I would never take a paracetamol. I was really anti all sorts of you know anti anything medical. I would always take herbal solutions or you know find another another alternative route that didn't involve chemicals in my body. However, I did agree because my family insisted that I did these classical treatments. So I, I prayed every day and asked my body to um, be able to take that high dose of really toxic stuff that you get when you're on chemo. You know, it kills a lot of the, 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 the bits that need to get to get uh, destroyed, but it also destroys other things that, that are healthy. So I, I was had very mixed feelings about it, and I just asked my body to be able to... Um, really cope with that and to process that as best I could and, and stay really healthy in the process. And now I've been given a clean bill of health and um, in the hospital I suddenly found I was incredibly creative. I was asking people to bring in big sheets of paper, loads of pens, crayons, colours and I was mapping out all these ideas for films and books and all sorts and I was putting them all up on the walls in the hospital and the doctors and nurses would come into my room and go, oh my god goodness what's going on here I said oh it's okay I'm writing a couple of books and I'm doing a film script and da, da, da. so I just went I was manic I was manic and a little crazy some might say but the creativity just went through the roof and I didn't care about money I didn't care about the old things that used to bother me all went out of the window it was a very interesting journey such an interesting story, oh my goodness. I think one of the things you write in Art of Creativity is that everybody has a creative state, you know, and often it's like um, suppressed because we're socialized, because we're told that we're not actually creative because we didn't pursue that as, um, you know, as in the classroom. So yeah, absolutely. Every single one of us, if we're a human being, have, every single one of us have has creativity within us. Um, and it's often drummed out of us, sadly, through the education system or parents or peers or brothers or sisters or whatever. Um, you know, I was always not creative, supposedly, at school. You know, I was told that my essays weren't very good. My English wasn't very good. Uh, I'd get very low marks in all of my essays. And, and now I'm a best-selling author. So it's a strange thing, isn't it? Same with Paul McKenna. You know, he had terrible reports about... Uh, he would never come to anything, you know, he couldn't write, He'd, English results were terrible and he's, you know, one of the best-selling non-fiction authors in the UK right now. So don't believe what people tell you around your creativity. I believe it's about accessing uh, the flow inside yourself, which is quite a spiritual practice actually. Um, and when I'm meditating, I get in, I get all sorts of ideas coming in. I feel my body relaxing. I feel that I get into a stream of ideas and creativity, which is not just me. I think everyone, I know that everyone can access this. We just need to take some of the tools 
and use them uh, and allow yourself to be creative. Pick up a paintbrush. And I think what's been happening in this lockdown, one of the big trends that's happened is that people not only have found out what Zoom is and how to, to run their businesses online, but also um, what's happened in the lockdown is people have turned to creativity to keep them calm, give them inspiration, give them something to look forward to. And many, many people I've spoken to have started drawing, painting or designing or writing or, you know, starting a blog, whatever it is they've started a creative practice. And I think as human beings, that what, that's what we do. Cavemen in their caves started drawing art. We can't help it. We're human beings and we're meant to socialize, we're meant to interact with each other and we're meant to be creative. I love it. Yeah, totally agree. I've seen so many new and interesting projects come out of it. There's so yeah. many um, resources sort of coming out of lockdown just to get people, you know, back into a state of play. And that's one of the things I think that is lost in adult life, you know, and that's what sort of creativity kind of lets us, you know, just get back to that, that freedom of just making, just for the sake of making. And then it often leads to something because it taps into a place where we kind of, you know, it aligns with purpose and so on. Mm. In my book, I talk about getting into different states and give, give examples and exercises of how to do that. Playfulness is right up there, curiosity, uh, all of these kind of states, highly creative. When you start playing, there's a lightness to everything. Things don't become so serious. And once you break down the barriers of being fixed about the way you think things should be and enter into a state of curiosity and playfulness and lightness and it doesn't matterness, then that's when ideas can come in. Um, your brain will allow a more fluid approach to looking at things. It makes you a better problem solver. It makes you more able to come into creativity and be able to expand. The other important thing to say about creativity is it's very healing. You know, when you start getting creative, you start healing yourself, your body, your cells, your mind and your soul. And it's a very beautiful way to express yourself and the important thing is not to feel judged not to worry about what anyone else says about your work do it just pick up a brush pick up a pen or start playing the guitar do not take any notice of other people's points of view it's nothing to do with them actually yeah that's true actually I think it can be very personal so let's mm. talk about some of the things that you mention in the book like let's start with journaling I love journaling mm. If I've gone a day without spending time writing, I feel like I've kind of skipped a meal or something, you know, it's, yeah. it's not good. And I think um, you certainly mentioned this in the book, but the idea of actually always um, handwriting it, and I've always found that really important as well. There's something about putting pen to paper rather than using the keyboard that's massively Absolutely. sort of liberating about it. And it kind of comes from a more, there's a, a different sort of freedom with it. And also, mm. I think that the privacy part of it, right? Nobody, again, it's not a piece of work to be judged by anyone. It's just your, you know, just writing from a place of, yeah, liberation. Yeah. And you're emptying your brain onto the page and you give your mind a lot of space then. It's a bit like decluttering your house, you know, get it on the page, write it down. You're not writing it for anyone else to read. You're writing to get it out of your brain and onto the page. And when you've started writing, um, it's, uh, I mean, journaling is about you get a blank 
journal, which you keep private and to yourself. Uh, you get a pen or, or a pencil. And there's no form to this. There's no questions to answer. You just put your pen or pencil on the page and allow yourself to keep writing. Do this daily without editing yourself, without feeling you have to make it make sense. You just put down whatever. It's a stream of consciousness. It doesn't need to make sense. What happens is this wonderful expansion of the mind. Things will come up intuitive ideas will come up things that you didn't even know you thought will come up and go onto the page and you'll surprise yourself and what it does is really release a lot of space in the head and give you access to this well of ideas that's deep inside you and you'll sort out a lot of things you'll sort out a lot of priorities you'll have inspirations you'll have ideas come through it's one of the most healing powerful and uh brilliant tools for manifesting uh, that I know. I've dedicated a whole chapter in the book to journaling and some top tips and hacks on how to do it. And uh, I, I've studied it extensively. I'm a big fan, big fan of journaling. <laughs> <laughs> and then that leads us into one of the other things that you've dedicated a chapter to, which is meditation. I know we've touched on it already. You're a practitioner of TM, Transcendental yeah. Meditation. I mean, this is the one that a lot of celebrities, a lot of high-profile people uh, refer to. Obviously, all different types of meditation. And I love, actually, that you really talk about breathing in the book as well, which many of us are not doing as well as we should be, something so simple. Um, Can you elaborate a bit more on what TM meditation is and Mm. why that needs a trainer? Yeah, transcendental meditation. So I talk about all the different, not all, but many different, styles of meditation and I tried many I when I was living in London living this stressful life I was having a meltdown one day and a girlfriend was around having tea and she was a cancer survivor herself she had cancer when she was 14 and she had her leg amputated she was an artist uh, a very good artist and she had trouble just walking every day and yet she was one of the most colorful upbeat positive people I knew and I said to her Joe how you know I'm going through it at the moment I'm melting down I don't know what to do and she looked to me and said I know what you should do and I went please tell me and she said you should call this number and learn how to to meditate and do TM she said that's changed my life so I did I followed her advice I called a TM meditation teacher in London and I enrolled myself onto a course you get a mantra you do it twice a day 20 minutes start with less but it has to it comes down the lineage uh it was brought to the west by maharashi uh in the 60s the beatles made started you know they made it famous they were in they were in um, india with maharishi and that's when they became very prolific um and i i um when i talked i talked to paul mccartney one day about his songwriting and he said, when I was learning TM in India with Maharishi, I woke up one morning and I just leant over and got a piece of paper and started writing the words to Hey Jude. And it came out in one in one go. And that was one of the effects of meditation is that I would just get songs given to me. And this is the experience of many people. You know, when you start meditating, you get big chunks of downloads I I had this with my book you know I I would meditate and then suddenly I'd get an idea for something which would go into the book for me it has helped me heal 
it's helped me de-stress from being a very busy business person and it's given me great inspiration and it's something that I use daily in my life it's it's probably the single most important other than learning how to speak English or a language is the single most important thing I've ever learned it was it's had a major impact in my life and for sure it helped me recover from <clears throat> my health journey for sure uh, I've worked a lot with the David Lynch Foundation over the years I support them heavily because they get they get TM meditation out to the world, out to uh, women at risk, prisoners, veterans back from war, and people who are having difficulty pulling it to get pulling life together. And they support millions of people around the world. So I do a lot of work with them. And um, David Lynch is a very supportive of my work. He's given me a front qu- front cover quote for the book, which is lovely. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today without TM meditation. Phenomenal. I'm going to have to look it up and find a local trainer, I think, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It is the one that everybody says. It's fantastic. It's very impactful. And it takes, I think, uh, four days. I'm running a TM course where, where in Ibiza. I do it two or three times a year for people. I bring someone in from the David Lynch Foundation, a teacher. And uh, I teach people. And, and it's one of the things that gives me great joy to do. You know, I feel like if I'm helping get this thing taught out and there's a a big community of people now TM meditating uh, in Ibiza where I live that's probably one of the best things I could spend my time doing it's a really great thing and it takes three or four days a couple of hours a day and then you're good to go fantastic right I'm gonna definitely look that up after this call yeah okay so there's one other thing in the book and I can't I'm just scanning through the book and I can't find it Mm-hmm. But it was about resource states. It, you know, I, I started understanding a bit more about resource states through NLP, which is about uh, one of the techniques of NLP is getting people into a particular resource state, and then you anchor it. It's called anchoring that resource state. So, for example, you could um, get into a state of happiness, or peak performance, or creativity. Uh, or joyfulness and all of these have a frequency these these emotions have a frequency and will allow you to access you know a different form of brainwave state and that different form of brainwave state will give you a different outcome so you know sometimes you feel really motivated to sit down and do something that you love you think oh like this morning for example I went for a swim this morning it's really hot where I am I was swimming along in a beautiful place, a little cove on in the sea. I was swimming along and I just thought, oh, I can't wait to get back and write. I've got to write some blogs today. I can't wait to get back and write. That's a resource state. That's me being in a very powerful brainwave state of possibility and potentiality. In the book, I talk about different states of delta, theta, alpha, gamma, and how to boost your brainwaves into particular brainwave states that are helpful. Sometimes it's helpful to be dreamy. Sometimes it's help, helpful to be laser sharp and focused, like if you're writing something, for example, or doing an exam. You're going to be in a particular brainwave state that keeps you sharp. Other times, you know, if you're hanging out with friends, you just want to be relaxed. Uh, these are all different states and have different advantages. And I outline all of this in the book and give you really good tips on, on how to get there. 
and I'm a big fan of daydreaming, for example. Daydreaming's great. It's a really powerful resource state. When I was a little girl, my mum used to say, Susie, you've always got your head in the clouds. I went, Mum, I like it up there. But actually now I realise daydreaming, when you, you know, when kids or adults just go off on a dreamy space, it's one of the best places to find out stuff you need to know. What I really like about that is actually in the book that you talk about how to get into those sort of states and explain them a bit more because they're all on the, you know, the spectrum of emotions. They're all in the higher energy frequencies as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, things like passion and getting into the flow. Passion is a great one and feeling in the flow is great. When you lose a sense of time, you don't know where you are and you suddenly look up and three or four hours have gone by. You're like, wow, how did that happen? It happened because you're in that brainwave state of really powerful state of being in this creative stream. And that is, you know, again, it's a spiritual practice. Um, Flirtation, confidence, being childish, all of these things are fantastically useful and I write about them in the book being playful using music Um, because the the brain has this uh, very great ability of neuroplasticity which means we don't have a fixed brain it's changing all the time the different connections of all the neurons are changing and as we get into different states our brain behaves differently and allows us to do different things and I figure as human beings is it not the most interesting thing ever to find out how your brain works? Because that's the thing we're going to be using day by day, moment by moment for the rest of our lives. So we might as well understand how it works. That's another really good thing about this book, which is, you know, it explains the science of it so simply without turning into a science book. You know, it's Mm. not a biology book. It's actually, you know, just, it's, it's just written at a really nice level where I felt like it was not going too heavy on the science and it was like the more implementable things mm. that, Thank would, you. that would just feel like really easy to actually get on and do straight away. So you, you worked with creative people. How did working with them sort of show up when you had your sort of more mind uh, mindset training? Yeah. Well, it was interesting because I was lucky enough to to work with Madonna very closely, Michael Jackson, people like this, who are creative geniuses of our time. And uh, my first day at MTV, I met Michael Jackson, was asked to go off and look after him. And he was rehearsing in the same room that I was in and asking me what I thought. And I got to see firsthand what these kind of creative geniuses alike when they're working and it was fascinating and that was one of the real triggers for getting me to write about creativity because I saw the level of creativity and Madonna has you know four PAs every half hour is scheduled for various things you know it's very intense but there is a mindset that goes with these people who have intense and high levels of creativity it's a very interesting um headspace and i can see you know when i look at those kind of personality types i can see why and how they got to be the creative and successful souls that they are and i write about this in the book as well you know because i've heard stories about michael jackson kind of getting these as you call them downloads in the night and then being really eager to kind of um get them recorded or you know if it's a stage setting or something you know get that design really quickly because you always felt like 
Prince was biting at the heel if he was, mm. you know, if he didn't yep. get it done, then that download would drop over to Prince or, you know, one of his yep. competitors in air quotes. Well, a lot of the people I've interviewed for the book, I've interviewed a lot of people for the book, Paul McCartney, Russell Brand, all sorts of people, and they talk about ideas floating by. Katie Tunstall talked about ideas being like wisps of clouds passing by and you have to jump up and bring them down. If not, they will end up with someone else. It's really who takes these ideas and runs with them, gets them, which is a, a cool idea. And it's kind of how I see ideas. They, they're all out there in the collective consciousness and they drop into probably quite a few people at the same time. And I've, I'm sure many people have experienced this, I have, where I have an idea and I see someone else has, has come out with it at the same time I had the idea. And I, oh, no, I wish I'd run with that. Because it is up there in the collective consciousness. And meditation and other techniques I write about help you to bring those down and use them. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting idea. That's how ideas come. They're not your ideas. There are no new ideas. It's how we uniquely put different ideas together to something that hasn't been done before. That's what creativity is all about. Love it. Yeah, I've definitely had that. I've had the idea, not run with it. But this idea that they are, you know, just sort of bobbing through our, as you say, collective consciousness is fabulous. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, just there to be caught. Brilliant. Susie, thank you so much for being my guest on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I will add links into the show notes for the book, your Instagram handle, website, all the things. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, The Art of Creativity is available at good bookshops and on Amazon UK. So have a look for it there. Uh, It's just come out. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it and and, uh, find it useful. Thank you. Thank you. The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.